Gather round, children. It's the Supply Chain Story Hour. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Megan Preston Meyer was pursuing a successful career in supply chain, beginning with a focus on operations management and moving into the realm of analytics for numerous companies. Eventually, though, she realized that something was missing. As she puts it, the stories that data doesn't tell. Long story short, she's now a business coach, communicator, and author of a series of children's books featuring the characters of Supply Jane and her loyal dog, FIFO who together help solve naughty supply chain problems such as how to cope with aging inventory. In the process, she's bringing the discipline of supply chain to kids, teaching them business concepts, problem solving, critical thinking, and entrepreneurship. On this episode, we'll find out how she made the extreme turn from numbers cruncher to children's author, taking her expertise to a whole new forum. Here is my conversation with Megan Preston Meyer. Megan Preston Meyer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bob. Glad to be here. Tell me about your background in supply chain. Sure. I spent almost 10 years in supply chain or supply chain adjacent roles. I did my MBA in operations management and then started out doing very traditional supply chain optimization. I worked on inbound barley supply chains, for instance, and optimizing or trying to minimize grain loss. And throughout my career, I started moving more and more towards the analytic side. So I ended up using numbers to, I was in demand planning, forecasting, that sort of thing. So I found myself throughout my career becoming more and more interested in the stories that data tells. But I realized that the stories that data tells are never complete. And so I became Mm. more interested in the other side of the equation, the stories that data doesn't tell. And that led me to what I currently do, which is I'm an author, I'm a speaker, I'm a professional communications expert, and I'm the creator of The Adventures of Supply Chain and FIFO, a series of kids' books about supply chain and operations management concepts. Let's definitely get to that. I mean, that's the purpose of our call today to talk about that in particular. But I just want to get a little bit more information about what is it in your life? You went from crunching numbers to deciding to tell the story of supply chain in a different way. And I'm just wondering if there was some moment, some flash of inspiration or something that happened in your life that said, I need to make a change in the way I'm communicating this topic. Was there anything in particular, or was it just like you woke up one morning and said, hey, I think I want to write a children's book about supply chain? There wasn't a light bulb moment. There wasn't a flash of inspiration. But what I did realize is that the numbers, like I said, numbers are absolutely necessary. We need to have data to make decisions, but they're very seldom sufficient. And even the best analysis, even the most objective optimization is not going to get off the ground if you don't communicate it correctly. And I found myself becoming more and more interested in not only the quote-unquote right answer, 
to the problem, but also how do I bring that across? How do I make my recommendation mm-hmm. in a, such a way that the board or the decision maker, the stakeholders will really understand it? And into your head popped this idea of writing a children's book. That mean that wouldn't be the natural reaction of anybody who had the same impulse as you to get away from the numbers into something more creative or different. Why the children's book? How did that idea come to you? The idea for the children's book actually started with a pun. I was hiking one day with my husband and we were, I'm not sure how we got on the subject, but we were trading supply chain puns. And the first one we came up with was just in time. We were talking about just in time delivery and how just in time would be a great superhero name. Yeah, and I knew I knew him started, once back in the day. <laughs> yeah, that was the problem. Is it turns out there was actually a just in time already. So mm-hmm. I had already come up with some adventures for him to go on. I had to go back to the drawing board and come up with a new hero. And then I stumbled upon Supply Jane, which is, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, an even better hero, especially for, <laughs> for kids. I think it's a little bit more relatable than some guy flying around with a cape on. Yeah, and her loyal dog, FIFO, which, as we in the business know, is an acronym for first in, first out in terms of an inventory management model. Did that just also pop into your head? Exactly. Well, every good superhero needs a canine companion, and FIFO, Fido, another little pun. And FIFO, Mm -hmm. actually, he inspired the the very first book, FIFO Saves the Day. Okay. So you sat down to write that first book. Did you have a plot in mind specific to your own experience of supply chain? What was it about supply chain that you wanted to get across to children through this first book? The job that I was in when I wrote the book was I was doing demand forecasting for very, very perishable fresh food. Basically, we had a three-day shelf life. If we didn't hit our forecast, then we basically ended up throwing all of that food away. So I was spending my days and then spending my nights dreaming about how to reduce food waste, how to make sure that this perishable food got purchased. And so, of course, FIFO was top on my mind. If somebody reached to the back of the refrigerator and took the newest selection out of the back, it would mess up all of my projections. So I thought a lot about FIFO and somehow subconsciously that decided to come out in the form of the children's book. You know, in warehouse management, another thing everybody talks about is ABC inventory control, which means something quite different than what maybe a uh, preschooler understands those letters to mean. (laughs) But I wonder if that might come into it at, at some point as well. Oh, that could be that could be the third book. Yeah. There you go. There's Although your think... there's your idea for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, did you have children of your own at the time you wrote the book? No, I do not have children. In fact, the first person that I told that I was writing a children's book, they said, "Oh, you know, for what ages?" And I said, um, "I don't know, children." Like this is this is mm-hmm. one of those I definitely have a disadvantage because I am not a parent myself. I have consequently had test readers and they do seem to resonate with the book in the probably six to eight year old range is the prime demographic. There's a quote, it's in Latin, I'm not gonna try to pronounce the Latin, but it's either children or books. That's how you pass on your legacy to the next generation and at this point I'm choosing books. Good choice. <laughs> and then you paired up with an illustrator, Anita Amersdorfer. Is that the correct pronunciation? Yeah. 
Aneta, Aneta Amersdorfer. Yes, she's incredible. Mm -hmm. When I started looking for an illustrator, I had the story in mind and I sort of had an idea of what the pictures would look like. I figured I was going to have to list out in great detail exactly what every page would look like. And I found mm -hmm. Aneta and it ended up being such a partnership. She came up with so many fun little details that I would never have thought of. The second book especially, we worked very closely together on. And I would say that probably 50% of the, the story comes across even without any words at all. She's been amazing. What was the big challenge that Supply Jane had to solve or address in that first book? What exactly was she out to do? Well, in the first book, that was Faisal Saves the Day. And Supply mm -hmm. Jane was asked for help by a grocery store owner who specialized in dragon eggs. And he was not following proper inventory rotation standards, and the dragon eggs on the back of his shelf started to hatch. So he had baby dragons all over his store, and <laughs> FIFO, his herding instincts kicked in. He came in and saved the day. By instructing him on the correct inventory well, procedures? By dealing with the baby dragons? I mean, what exactly well, did, did he do? FIFO the dog saved the day by rounding mm -hmm. up the dragons, and then Supply Jane kind of drove the lesson home to Perry Shibble, the grocery store owner, and told him that he needed to properly rotate the stock, make sure that the first eggs that he put onto the shelf were the first ones that the customers would take out, and in that mm -hmm. way, he would never have dragon eggs on the shelf long enough to hatch. Okay, so FIFO lived up to his own name and instructed them on the uh, on a practice after which he was named. Interesting. Exactly. So, so you've gone on to a second book. How many books in the series so far? The second book was just released. I have plans for at mm -hmm. least the third, but right now there are two. Do you do readings uh, with children now? Do you go to schools or do you go to bookstores and things and with groups of kids and read to them? I'm wondering how they respond. I haven't been able to so far. Given the, the current situation, there's not a lot of in-person events going on. Um, yeah, I have that thought is about a problem, organizing a call or a Zoom event, but that's a little bit harder to organize. But as soon as it's possible, I do want to get into libraries or bookstores and do some of these readings. Because, you know, we've talked a long time. I've had a lot of conversations with people about the need to get an awareness of supply chain extended into the schools. And, of course, the first talk is, you know, get college students interested. And then it's, well, you know, you got to get high school students interested before they even get to college so that they know there are these programs. But rarely have I heard, if ever, any serious talk about how to get elementary school kids or even preschool kids interested in the concept of supply chain. Do you know of any other efforts, or are you a, do you consider yourself a pioneer in this effort of bringing it down to that level of education? I know that there are a couple of books that have, picture books, for instance, that have just recently been on the market. Ryan Peterson, the CEO of Flexport, he released a picture book about the Ever Given debacle. I think the book is called mm. The Big Ship and the Little Digger. And I haven't read it yet, but I've seen it around. And I think that would be an excellent way to get kids talking about the supply chain issues that we're seeing today. Other than that, I haven't heard about much targeting kids of this age group. And so I thought, why not get them started early? Well, maybe Supply Jane could have instructed us in the theory of alternative sourcing so as to avoid the consequences of the Suez Canal blockage if she'd been around or if, if anyone had asked her. Maybe in the future that could be her mission. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I've got books four, five, and six just in this conversation alone. So these are great <laughs> ideas. And I'm also interested in one of the things it, it sounds like you're out to do, not only to teach kids the concepts of how supply chain in the world works, but quote-unquote, understand what mommy does all day at work. Now, that's interesting because the implication there is the idea that teaching kids about the value of women in supply chain. Is that an actual part of your mission to raise awareness among young girls about the possibilities of a career that they might face if they were aware of this? I wouldn't say that that's my main issue. I want all kids to be interested and aware of supply chain professions as career paths. And I figured it's better to have, well, first of all, supply Jane, that's a girl's name, that decided the yeah, main automatically. character for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it's also, it doesn't hurt to have a young girl open up the book and say, I could do this. A young boy could open up the book too and hopefully see himself as well. But I think it's better to err on the side of empowering little girls and assume that young boys will take that message as well as opposed to kind of doing the opposite. And so I, I didn't want to have a, a little boy hero. Yeah. Well, once you got rid of Justin and, and <laughs> replaced him with Jane, automatically you opened up that possibility. It's also interesting that we are in an industry in which so many of us if not the great majority, will say that they never planned a career in supply chain when they were young or, or children. They somehow just merged into it or fell into it or transitioned into it out of other positions. And even you yourself talk about how you kind of came at it from a little bit of an oblique angle. So maybe what you're doing here is bringing it onto people's radar screen specifically instead of waiting for everybody to just sort of stumble into this huge career. You ever think of it that way? Absolutely. I don't know that I consciously set out to do that, but I am glad that I'm making it more visible because you're exactly right. I've talked to so many people who, like you say, just sort of stumbled into this sort of career path. And Part of the reason, I think, is because when you're a kid, especially, it's very easy to picture yourself in certain occupations because there's a very vivid visual representation. You know what a fireman Mm -hmm. looks like. You know what a doctor looks like. He's got a lab coat and a stethoscope. You know a lawyer or a businessman has a briefcase. But because supply chain careers are so varied, there's no single, like, you can't picture somebody who works in the supply chain. And part of that is just no. because it starts from manufacturing, goes all the way to you know, last mile logistics. There's so many different positions within the supply chain, but some of them wear a polo shirt. People wear suit and tie. Some people wear a hard hat. Some people, well, maybe not a hard hat, but some people Well, they are certainly do in a, a longshore position. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. There, there are definite and hard hats in this business. So there isn't just one single representation. There's not a good exemplar of what a supply chain professional looks like. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that supply Jane with her purple hair is necessarily what the typical supply chain professional looks like either, but at least there's something that a kid can bring to mind the next time he or she Mm -hmm. hears the term supply chain. You've got to appreciate that your timing is extremely fortuitous, whether it was planned this way or not, because these books are coming out at a time when all of a sudden, a lot of people in the general public suddenly know what a supply chain is. 
because it's in the news everywhere. So do you feel that that kind of boosts your message a little bit and maybe makes people and kids more open to reading your stuff? I hope so, because one of the things that I've realized recently is that really a lot of the jobs that we think of as supply chain jobs, they just kind of hum around in the background. No one notices them. The only reason we're talking about the supply chain now is because it's been disrupted. And so Mm -hmm. it's really... When you talk about it, it's very negative. I think that's so unfortunate because we, like the men and women who keep our supply chains running, like literally make the world go round or at least make goods go round the world. And we don't talk about them unless it's kind of negative press. And so I'm hoping that this can counteract that just a little bit, show supply chain in a better light. And also, you are pushing for the importance of communication in general in the supply chain. The idea that this that this career, this business, by definition, requires good communication. And maybe that's another positive aspect, even beyond just the children's book aspect of it. So maybe you're in a good place for that as well. Absolutely. Communication is important no matter what industry you're in, and probably even more so in supply chain because there are so many different steps. There's so many points where communication can break down and a lot of problems can occur purely based on on communication issues, not based on anything mechanical or anything logistical, just purely on misunderstandings. And the more focus we can put on communication, I think the better. Good message for the playground as well as the boardroom, right? But... uh... (laughs) In any case, Megan Preston Meyer, the author of The Adventures of Supply Jane and FIFO series, I want to thank you so much for speaking with me today. I wish you the best of luck in your future editions of this book. Thanks very much for being with me. And we will, of course, link to the books in the show notes to our episode. But thanks again. Thank you very much, Bob. That was my conversation with Megan Preston Meyer, author of the Supply Jane and FIFO series of children's books. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain, and also watch videos on our YouTube channel. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time. <laughs>